Hey, before we get into this week's episode of the It's Telehealth podcast, just want to take a couple seconds and thank you so much for swinging by for this week's episode. It means a lot to us that you're tuning in. We'd love to hear feedback. So if you guys would leave a comment and let us know what you thought about this week's episode, it would mean the absolute world to us. Thanks a lot. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm joined by another mental health advocate today. You and I connected, Greg, on LinkedIn, and I was just blown away by your passion for mental health, but also, you know, your stance on why it is so important. Um, You know, you posted something on LinkedIn today, and it was in this kind of term. It says, success isn't about how much money you make, but it's about the difference that you make in people's lives. A famous quote from Michelle Obama. I thought that was super important to kind of start off our episode with because the people who are serving our communities and supporting our mental health are doing such amazing work. So I want to kind of give you the opportunity to share your background, kind of how you got involved in mental health and give everybody who's listening today a little bit of snapshot about you. Of course. All right. So I, I kind of stumbled onto uh, mental health and behavioral health in that realm. Currently, I am a behavioral specialist. I work at Rogers Behavioral Health. I am a certified life coach. I'm also an up and coming certified going to be a certified mental health coach after I graduated high school I really did not know what I wanted to do um, but I knew for sure that I definitely wanted to help people I was like okay so maybe nursing let me try nursing um so I was a certified mental not mental I was a certified um what is that called medical assistant um, and I worked at a podiatrist's office. So that was fun. It was cool. It was interesting because I was like, oh, podiatrist means feet. Okay, cool. God, I did not know I was getting into that. <laughs> but I was like, okay, whenever it's money. So I just needed something to um, get by. It was part-time. Fast forward, I wanted something full-time. So I started working somewhere in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, something about something human resources, something in the mental health realm. It's a, it was an outpatient facility was great, was lovely, was amazing, very, it was diverse. And I don't know why, oh, I was laid off. So I was like, okay, this is just crazy. And I really, I was really getting to it. I really loved what I was doing. I really loved helping people and really loved the conversations and loved like hearing their experience uh, with mental health personally, because everybody has different stories. Everybody has different backgrounds. So the job I work at currently, Rogers, it really opened my eyes to like deep, deep OCD, um, generalized anxiety disorders, depression, um, contamination, OCD, uh, scrupulosities, just different things that I've never even heard of. And we have to um, do exposure work with these kids. So I, throughout my experience um, overall, I noticed that even though I did see like sprinkles of diverse um, diversity in the, um, the intake of patients coming into our facility, I felt like there were still limited resources and still there was still a lot of work to be done in the mental health field overall. So for me personally, I wanted to start my own life coaching, life coaching slash mental health uh, coaching business, specifically for the BIPOC community, the Latinas community, LGBTQIA plus community, just to really reach that population and reach that audience because they they really lack a lot of the resources that's necessary for mental health, especially in that community. It's very, um, it's very scarce and there's a lot of stigmatization around that community particularly. So I wanted to be the one to have a business where all are invited, all are, is inclusive and to really kind of almost set the tone and be a little unique in my approach of, of how I want to 
really showcase my expertise and my knowledge and the brand of my business. So I'm taking my time. I'm being very patient with this and letting God just lead me and, and taking a leap of faith overall with this new environment of me being an entrepreneur. Well, congratulations for you kind of taking that step out into that scary space. You know, one of the best ways mm -hmm. that I think we have the ability now that we are getting a little bit older, we're not children anymore. The best way that we can impact right. the world around us is by leading by example. And, you know, I think when you are striving to create a culture of inclusion, a culture of diversity, representation matters so much. You know, I am biracial. My dad is black. My mom is white. And I thought it was very interesting as I got a little bit older, I got a different perspective on the stigmatization that came from my dad's side of the family. You know, we didn't really talk about mental health. We didn't talk about being proactive and trying to understand our emotions. We didn't talk about so many of these critical conversations that really are the fundamental bedrock of navigating the world as an adult, getting into times of adversity, getting into times of diversity, representation, and being able to kind of navigate things with a cool head is something that I really focus on now that I'm a little bit older. Did you have some of that early experience with mental health as far as, you know, talking about it with your family? Did you guys ever have conversations about your emotions coming up or what was that kind of upbringing like for you? Um, that will be a hell no, Keenan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's never, never been a thing in my family. So I am Jamaican American. So I grew up here, was born here. Um, both my parents are from Jamaica. Mm. And what I just learned and found out was that, well, I'm not surprised, but I kind of I'm a research type of person, so I like to dig and find out more things. But I've recently found out with Jamaica, um, there's a lot of stigmatization around mental health. And they look at it as some type of evil, dark possession of evilness that's that's kind of feared in a way. Like there's a strong fear behind someone with a mental illness. And it's not really talked about. There's limited resources there. As a country that's um, is a developing country, there isn't really a lot of resources there. There's not really much talk about building different clinics and different facilities that's um, solely focused on mental health. So I found that very interesting. I was like, okay, well, that's um, something that um, I kind of want to look more deeper into of why that is. But I found that was very interesting. And as far as my family, it was never spoken about. I remember a time where I contemplated suicide. I was depressed. I was going through the motions of my, I would say gender identity. Just growing up, I societal, societal views and the pressure and just how they scrutinize and belittle um, the LGBTQIA community and just people that are different and have their own identities. It was really scary for me, especially because they were they were Jamaican. And from what from what I learned, like that's not even that's not tolerated in the slightest. And people are killed on the streets if they even see a slight same sex interaction going on in the streets. And it's looked it's like looked at like, oh, OK, cool. That person, you know, got killed. OK, yeah, good for them. Like it's it's all right there. But. Um, so for me, that's the, that was the scary part of me trying to come out to them. And it was just it was just me being in my depressive state, um, crying every night, wondering, like, God, why me? Why this? Why can't I just be straight? Why can't I just be normal? But really, what is normal these days? Um, so I kind of had to do some deep digging inside of my spirit and my soul and just really figure out if I wanted to live my life for others or live my life for me. 
Mm. and still feel like God still loves me either way as I am. Because um, I think the Bible says, come as you are. Uh, <laughs> there's a scripture in there that says, come as you are. So I'm like, I'm, I'm coming as I am, God. Um, I'm not a vicious, evil, vindictive person. I'm very caring. I wear my heart on my sleeve. And so like, it was just never spoken about. And I always wonder why. And I kind of never even brought it up. Um, they love the fact that I'm involved in mental health and they can see I'm very passionate about it. I'm very passionate about building this life coaching business and involving um, and integrating mental health with it as well. So they're very um, supportive and they're very accepting of me and who I am now. Um, but growing up is very hard, like just being bullied and being criticized about who I am and how I talk and just, just the way I am. Just certain little things were very um just was looked down upon a lot. So that was something I struggled with a lot. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand that. And you know, the older that I get, the more I recognize when we come from a place of being younger or not understanding, it really is coming out of a place of ignorance, why we taunt, pick, choose to be evil towards others. And you know, I was attracted to have you on the show because of exactly who you are. You know, I have so much admiration for you because you're showing up as you every single day. This is the first time that you and I have been able to actually like share space together. And so, you know, I just want to let you know that I appreciate you for the person that you are. I appreciate you for the work that you're doing, but I also appreciate you for the message Thank that you're you. putting out into the world. That stuff is so important. And I think we've gotten into a time in society where other people maybe are so insecure in themselves that it's very easy for us to lash out at others who are confident in their own right. And that's something that I see just like in different societies, in different cultures. You know, one of the biggest issues that I had in being light-skinned was I lived in South Carolina after I graduated from high school, moved from Detroit. And so one of the biggest struggles that I dealt with down there was like my ability to identify as myself. So many people from South Carolina, nothing against the people, but the people who I interacted with would challenge me and be like, you're not black. You're not dark enough. I don't believe you. Show me pictures, prove this, do this kind of stuff. And for the first time in my life, I was challenged not only because of my beliefs, but because of who I actually was. And that was a time of real hardship for me. And to be honest with you, I was like, I got to get out of here as quick as possible. And so I yes. moved to Vegas in 2012 and kind of relocated and kind of reestablished my life out here. I recognize that a lot of that scrutiny that I got from others came from a place of ignorance, or it came from a place of them not understanding or not having the confidence in themselves to be able to show up as themselves every single day. And I still wonder, you know, some of the people who made fun of me, some of the people who picked on me, where are they at today? And are they still living that downward spiral of a miserable life? Because I know that they're not living to their truest self. And I feel like they could be spending their time doing a lot more justice by themselves by showing up as themselves every single day rather than picking on others. You know what I mean? Yes. I feel like fear is the driving force in a lot of people's lives. I feel like that's like literally the, that is the, just the narrow view of a lot of people. People are afraid to be challenged, whether that, uh, whether that looks like their masculinity being challenged, femininity, their, their beliefs, their experiences. It's like, why? Why can't there be other perspectives? Why can't there be other experiences? Why does it always have to be your perspective? And why do you feel like you have to be right about everything? I have to continuously have these conversations with the kids that I work with, because I work with adolescents and a lot of them are young and still going through the emotions and going through a lot of like teen stuff and just political stuff and just a bunch of things that are still complex in their minds and they're not fully developed to understand like, 
why this is happening. So they ask a lot of questions and they see me as very knowledgeable and very like comforting to come to when they have issues or want to talk about things. And one of the kids that I, uh, wanted to just speak to me, and they're not even on my caseload, it just was like, hey, Greg, Mr. Greg, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, sure, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. And she was just trying to figure out why people were teasing her for, I guess, they didn't really see her as Black, um, as you were, like your story was similar to, I don't, that just popped in my head, it was similar to her story. Um, she's like, well, I had problems with my friends. They're like, oh, you're not black because you're, because she's like fair skin like you. She's light skin because she has really pretty eyes, long hair. So she's, I guess she presents, she will present as white in a lot of people's eyes. And I was, she was like, I don't know why I have to keep proving myself that I am black. I'm just half black and half white. And I have to continuously show pictures and I continue to, have to prove myself and show this and that and that. And I asked her why. Why are you doing that? You don't need to prove anything to anybody. You know your history, you know your lineage, you know all of that. So the fact that you need to even try to prove that or prove yourself to others, you don't need to validate yourself for others. Mm. Stay true to who you are. And if they can't accept that, then you just move on. Those are not the friends for you. You shouldn't be around that type of environment. You shouldn't be around people that are trying to question your, question your existence, question your culture, question where you come from and question your parents what they taught you, what morals and values that they taught you as a biracial um, person. So she was very um, shocked in my answer. She's like, oh, <laughs> I was like, yes. I'm like, why? Don't worry about it. Just be true to yourself. Be be that same beautiful spirit person that you always have been um, and embrace both, both of your cultures, both your white side and your black side. Um, she says she resonates, she resonates more with her African-American side, but she says she'll, she does embrace both sides, but she just feels like she resonates with that side. And I, that, I said, that's fine too. That's fine as well. As long as you love yourself and know who you are, that's all that really matters. Bravo to you. Yeah. I mean, I love, those... I love teaching. I love teaching them. <laughs> it's so those... fun. I'm like, I got, got to teach a kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those small moments of encouragement go so far though. You know what I mean? I mean, there's mm -hmm. times when I was a kid and I have those vivid memories of people giving me the confidence to show up as myself. And I think that that is so important in today's society because I feel like so many people struggle with the feelings of not fitting in, the feelings of anxiety, the feelings of depression, because we're almost trying to shape shift to fit into roles or to fit into boxes that we're not meant to fit into. And when you can yes. give people the confidence to be able to show up as them as their true self, you know, that creates power that is infectious for so many people. And I think that we're at a unique time right now where the fear, the negativity, the bad stuff that we're all exposed to on a daily basis kind of is having a wide reaching effect on all of us. You know, if you follow me on LinkedIn or if you've seen the stuff that I talk about, I always talk about positivity. I talk about optimism. I freaking love your content. Like I'm going to utilize that app for my life coaching business because it's, it's, it's beyond beautiful and amazing. I freaking love it. Well, I appreciate that, man. You know, I just believe that, you know, there are going to have to be people that take a conscious effort in spreading positivity and encouragement in the world. And one of the topics that constantly gets brought up, like in my DMs, or I hear people talking about is the terminology of toxic positivity. And I think it's interesting that we've gotten to a place in history where optimism in itself can be looked at as being toxic. Maybe that's because we have swung so far to the left where everything is so negative that even people mm -hmm. on the other side who are trying to be like, it's all good. There's always a positive side are looked at as being demonized or looked at as being, you know, people who are trying to create false narratives of hope. 
And I feel bad for the youth and everybody else who's living in this world that doesn't have the ability to kind of look on the positive side of things, because there's always an opportunity from my perspective to choose how we view the world, choose how we react in certain yes. situations. Yes. So, and I always advocate for this. It says, be kind to others every single day, because you never know what they're going through. You never know, because it's just... I'm a I'm the type of person that's very optimistic, very hopeful. I like to instill hope onto my kids, the adults that anybody I come in contact with that are down, and I feel like their spirit is off, and they they need that encouragement. And that's what I like. I said that's what I do every day. I like to encourage my kids. I like to encourage myself. I like to encourage my friends, family. I just think, um, like you said, it goes a long way, and it shows that people are, are generally out there that care about you and that really want to see you grow and see you thrive and want to see like your well-being, your livelihood kind of just flourish and be beautiful. I think right now people are starting to lose a sense of themselves. They're starting to lose a lot of hope. There's no glimmer of hope in this world right now. And I think it's been, it's been like this for, it's been like this for a while. I feel like with the pandemic specifically, people have lost a lot of faith and a lot of things, especially the government, and don't get me started with that, but <laughs> just in general, people have lost um, certain human characteristics that we should all still have. That should have never been lost in the first place. Um, and maybe that meant, might have um, been something that they struggled with during their childhood, maybe something they struggled with um, during their adulthood. Either way, I feel like we've lost that compassion for others and to sympathize with others and what they're going through. Um, and we're more so kind of in our own space where, in our own space, in our own bubble, where we don't want to acknowledge the other person's experience and really talk about it, that experience and really reciprocate those feelings when it comes to certain things that happen in their lives. So I feel like with me, I'm just a very compassionate person and I like to see the good out of the bad and like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I like to give people second chances because I really feel like as a human, as a human being, that's what we are first and foremost. Um, I don't look at your skin color. I don't look at your sexuality, your gender identity. I don't, I mean, that all that stuff is great because it's all things that make you, mm -hmm. but you're human first. So if I hurt you, naturally, my first instinct is to apologize and acknowledge that and 